what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, we are back. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks. Didn't have an episode last week, but we're back, Harris. Everyone thought we were dead, but we're not. Kicked out at two, you might say. Two and a half. We're like two a real a professional. Yeah. You don't kick out a two. That's amateur hour. It's two and a half. When that hand's coming down, that's mm-hmm. that's when you that's when you kick out. But uh Yeah. Uh it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun episode. We're gonna be back in uh the late nineties, early two thousands era. So that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Um there's not really a lot of wrestling news to talk about. Everything's just kind of chugging along. There's everything's dying. Everyone's canceled everything. Um, that's the biggest Renee thing with Young wrestling has coronavirus, news. Coronavirus. Just when you thought this year couldn't get any worse. Yeah, apparently WWE is having like an influx of uh, COVID nineteen. Because they finally started testing people. Go they're figure. literally going like it's just it, it's going to implode. It, it's 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 going to be insane. WWE's already been like teetering for months and th- this who knows we we might see the end of wwe who, who, it's who in- knows it's incredible that they've been continuing to get episodes out and i think True. we finally got yeah. to the point where we're like oh yeah i guess they'll just keep going because it's wwe and then everybody starts getting sick and then you're like wait they actually might not be able to like literally get enough talent together to tape right, seven about, they hours have three of wrestling live shows every week yeah, that, that's the other thing with like AEW, like AEW has a way better. They just have one show they got to deal with. And WWE is sitting here with three live shows and then all the like main event and stuff like that done on top of that. And it's just like, and not only that, but like as people are starting to test positive, they're trying to tell employees not to tell people that they've tested positive. Yeah, like Renee Young did her job showed up got COVID 19 and then tweeted well this sucks i got COVID." yep and they're mad at her for that that's the rumor like just when you think they can't be handling it any worse that's what's gonna i mean look if anything takes this lunatic down it's gonna be his employees getting COVID and dying yeah when he tried to cover it up i mean now to be fair i feel like the more stuff comes out the more it seems like everyone is probably gonna be fine um, even, even with, right. even with it, like, I think, I think recently, I don't know the, uh, uh what, what, I just blanked on the word, like the, uh, what's the word for people being able to get over things recovery rate. That's the word I was looking for mm-hmm. is like 99.5% now or something like that. So right. I think, you know, I, I, it's, I think everyone will be all right, but still like, as far as the right. company goes, yeah, well, uh, whew, not a great well, look. No, it's not That's at all. That's the thing, dude. Imagine, imagine if it was Roman Reigns who is like immunocompromised and has already had <sighs> some health issues. Like, yeah. good on him. And this, oh, it's gonna be. This is, this is, this is a joke about a pretty serious topic, but it's gonna be hilarious whenever they make a vaccine and this all blows over 
And the first night back in front of people, he's going to get booed like nothing ever <laughs> happened. He hasn't been in the title picture in years. He literally hasn't been on television in months. Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, of course. At this point, he's going to come out and cut a terrible Superman promo that they wrote for him. <laughs> and it's all going to be for nothing. It's going to be a total waste. They need to just. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. You're right. Oh, man. If Vince was smart. The first storyline back would be Roman Reigns trying to kill Vince McMahon for trying to give him COVID. <laughs> but they won't do it because they're cowards. That would be great. That would be great. That would be very funny. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so not a whole lot going on as far as that. Well, I mean, there is a whole lot going on, but not as in, like, news topics to talk about other than right. other than that. Because I don't care about talking about all the, all the cancel stuff that's been going on with everyone's a horrible person apparently so david arquette's got a sweet mustache that's going on he does he looks like kurt russell and bone tomahawk is awesome that's what i thought too which which, which david arquette was in as well by the way that was my surprise david arquette moment um so yeah check out bone tomahawk if you want to see people get eaten uh Anyway, that's a sidebar. But yeah, he does. That, that is a pretty awesome looking mustache. That can be our What's Up with David Arquette little segment there. Yeah. And uh, apparently his, um, that, that production company, HTC or whatever it is, it uh, or HTX, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but uh, apparently they're getting a bunch of projects like coming in. Um I think they were doing a Magic Johnson biopic or hmm. either a biopic or a documentary series that's been greenlit. Um, and then that Ghost of the Ozarks, so it's they've been doing pre-production on for like six months, I think is about to start filming sometime soon out in Arkansas. But um, anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, but AEW has been rolling. I mean, they've been doing again. They've been pretty consistent. I've seen almost no bad shows from uh from AEW ever and they continue to pound it out we got fighter fest coming up on uh on wednesday which is kind of weird that they have four pay-per-views and this is going to be a two-week free thing on uh dynamite that's kind of interesting i mean i guess because of they don't i guess because of no crowds or something i'm not really sure why that decision was made but they're doing their Fighter Fest pay per view, not as a pay per view, and as a two week special on on Dynamite. Yeah, I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that what it was the first time around, or was it a weekend show? The first it, time no, it was Fighter just Fest? it was just a one it was just one show, but it it was free. They did do it free on Bleacher Report last year, but it was just one show. Yeah, interesting. Like, I like wonder a regular pay per view. I think that might be just to like because of the size of the card yeah they have to like just have you know different people in the building so they're spreading it out over two weeks i don't know that is an interesting choice yeah but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be fun there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff coming up on um on this uh fighter fest card i'm excited i'm excited about it because it was another good dynamite um but yeah, like Cody Jake Hager is going to be great for the TNT title. They've been building yeah. that up really well. Um, the title match, they've built up Brian Cage pretty well. I'm a little disappointed they've only given him no-name uh, jobbers to wrestle. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of surprised because they have plenty of jobbers 
that are under AEW contract that have more name value than these people we don't know. So I'm surprised we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him at least like squash like the librarian and 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 uh, you know some of those other contract AEW kind of jobber characters, which is right kind of weird, especially going into a world title match with with John Moxley. So it just seems kind of odd, but they did a good job building them up, especially with Taz being the mouthpiece. Taz is awesome, and that's a great combination. Again, AEW is utilizing managers. Like, we haven't seen done in 20 years, and it is awesome. Like, everyone should have a manager. That's fine with me. Like, I love managers. <laughs> managers are awesome. And uh, they're doing a good job with that. Of course, we'll see what happens with Moxley, because he didn't show up on Dynamite because Renee Young tested positive for COVID. So, right. That's man, the imagine one, like... if Renee Young is the one to bring down both WWE <laughs> and AEW. <laughs> She's a double agent, man. She's sabotaging fighter fest. Oh, man. But oh, so we'll my. see. Uh, they, they, it's still billed as everything. So you know, it seems like it's still gonna happen. But I mean, they have till next week because that's part of the second, mm, the second true. show. But um, that's uh, that's a little interesting, a little uh, little interesting there. But FTR's running through everyone. They're doing a great job. Really a shot in the arm of an already good tag team division. And, yeah, no uh, kidding. They're that's stacked. Been awesome. That's been awesome, man. The, the, every one of their matches has been just. A plus already, and uh, that's gonna be cool. It's gonna be uh, an eight man tag at Fighter Fest with um, them and teaming teaming with the Young Bucks versus like uh, Butcher Blade and the Lucha Brothers, who we haven't seen yeah. in a long time because they've been stuck in Mexico, um, <laughs> or at least at least uh, Pentagon was. Um. So that's going to be sick. Yep. And I don't like, I mean, obviously I, I don't like eight man matches, but something like this is going to be great. This is going to be. Yeah. Really and I'm fun. a big fan of like, you know, the teaming up of two teams that hate each other and yeah. will inevitably have a breakdown at some point. Big yes. fan of that. That's yes. classic. That is, that's one Oh one wrestling and it works every time. And it's perfect for a show like fighter fest, which is like different from your average show, mm-hmm. but still not quite a pay-per-view. It's like a good yeah next level up you know ratchet up the tension so that i don't know what their next pay-per-view is whenever they it's actually gonna be all fight, out all out's the next one it's all out okay yeah. so whenever they have a match at all out it's gonna be even crazier because we've yeah, had yeah. a good build to it yep 100 percent agree it's really good for that um and then uh, i think matt hardy is managing private party versus santana and ortiz i think that's gonna be on the card um, and then we got the big, we got the real main event though, Harris, Chris Jericho and orange <laughs> MF and Cassidy about to bring he's, the house down. He is the greatest. That is so well done. What a In great ter- build. Oh, and it's no. like 90% Jericho well, as always, but just what a great build and what a great real promo. Jericho cut on Wednesday, <laughs> which 100% is true. Everything he said was true. He did not understand Orange Cassidy as none of us did at first and was literally called Tony Khan. It's like, why are you hiring this guy? Like, all that is real. And so he's just <laughs> using it and it's perfect. In terms of beautiful, over the top wrestling characters, are there two people? Like on the same level, but on the opposite ends of the spectrum than Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. As of right now, no. 
I was going to say, I'm having a hard time thinking of anybody. Like it's it's just, a perfect matchup, right? Like Orange Cassidy and Neville, kind of the same, kind yeah, of the that same was dynamic. Good. That was good. Just oh, it's perfect, man. It's like Orange Cassidy versus Cody would be fun, but not nearly as fun as something like now, this. Because Jericho's over the top enough, especially as the heel, where he can just play right into a character exactly. like this perfectly, and exactly. you buy it. And it's just infuriating him, and that's great that's just really it's like it's like uh it's like what made paul Heyman so great as a manager it's the same type of thing where where he's serious and you take it serious (laughs) but he will react to things in a certain over-the-top way while still maintaining a serious level but will overreact to things and and will just Mm -hmm. react exactly how the uh, the the baby face wants him to react (laughs) And, and it's perfect and it's perfect yep (laughs) <laughs> yep. oh, this is gonna be awesome this is gonna be awesome man i can't i can't wait for this <laughs> and although one thing bugged me uh did did you watch dynamite from this past week i watched some of it i didn't watch like every minute so did i may watch, or may not have did you watch the, the the orange cassidy jericho segment no i didn't oh man you watched some of it and not that wow uh well okay so so that jericho was cutting on this promo basically real about the way he f- felt about orange Cassidy. And one of the things is he said, if you try that stupid shin kick thing, I will punch your teeth in. <laughs> and then orange Cassidy, like immediately after he was done, like started doing the shin kick thing. And Jericho is just glaring at him. <laughs> it ticked me off. Cause I was like, Jericho just said he was going to punch his teeth in and he just lets him do the whole thing and glares at him. And I was like, you just, you just, nullified yourself jericho punch him in the teeth like you just said you were gonna do that i was like come on man yeah that's... i was a little it's a little disappointing oh, well. that was that was a great moment just just his face is just fantastic i mean it is just fantastic oh that's gonna be awesome i might have to come over and we might have to watch that that's gonna be sure that's gonna be fun um i don't remember i think that's gonna be next week i think that's part of night two um I don't remember. I don't remember which matches are which days. But uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. AEW is still killing it. Uh, that's pretty much it. You got anything else, Harris? Any other stupid Bailey stuff you want to talk about? No, I mean, she's still killing it. Uh, Bailey Dose Straps, I believe, is what she prefers to be called. Oh, Distinguishing whatever. herself from Becky Two Belts. It's a different whatever. thing. Somebody called her Grand Slam Pam. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> no, nothing too crazy going on. Sasha's in a match for the NXT Women's Championship this oh week, so gosh. they're just going to keep... This is so dumb. I kind of love it. They're just going to keep stacking the... I don't think she's going to win it, but, you know, they're just going to keep pushing these two until they inevitably explode. I wish there were people for it, because that's the only thing that could make this feud better, yeah. but no, I'm still into it. Uh, is anything else happening? No, nah, I don't, nothing else that I cared enough to follow. That's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah. Most of the people that I'm like the most invested in are just staying home. Like yeah. Roman Reigns or Kevin Owens. So like, it's, it's fine. That's the main thing. I liked that AEW had a press conference this week. I thought that yeah. was cool. That was a very new Japan thing. They had Cody answering questions from like two reporters. Cause there can't be that many people there. Right, that was very right. funny. Right. And I love how he wasn't, they weren't even answering questions. They were just using the questions to then just cut promos that had nothing right. to do with the questions. And I was like, but this I still, is fine. I like this. I, I really like that. I hope they do more of that. That was the man. That was my main takeaway from this week. 
Yeah, I was I was perfectly fine with that. Any anytime Cody is gonna talk ever, it's like, all right, I'm I'm in. That's fine with me. More than fine. Um. Anyway, so yeah, good uh, good good stuff. At least AEW wise going on right now. Uh, okay. Well, I guess it's time to get into the topic. Woo! All right. <clears throat> As I said at the beginning of the show, this topic hails from. 1999 and 2000. Oh boy. Which we've spent a lot of time in. This particular time, we are in, of course, the wonderful world of WCW. Woo! Okay, see, it's funny. When you say 1999 to 2000, we've spent a lot of time in this era, and it's fun, like... Maybe this episode will prove me wrong, but I feel like if you say it's in the WWE, it's going to be one kind of stupid and offensive. And if it's in WCW, it's another kind of stupid and offensive. Well, Harris, one one company was riding high at that point, but still doing some really stupid stuff. It's just a question of how it went over and is the legacy of this stupid thing. Hey, it helped to kill a company. And in this case, apparently, I guess it did. We'll see. Well, Harris, that thread is pretty accurate. Yes. With, and it, it falls in line with the topic we're talking about today. Um, but the way I want to start this off is, Harris, you're familiar with the phrase, it sounded good on paper, right? I feel like we've used that phrase a lot in this show. Yes, we have. Um, well, I think that's a pretty apt description of um, of what we're going to cover because – WCW okay. 1999 was, well, they, they weren't doing well, I think right. is a good way to put it. They, they weren't quite a dumpster fire yet, mm-hmm. but it was well on its way. Um, and that, mm-hmm. you know, through fault of their own and also through some just the extenuating circumstances of Turner being yeah. not interested because of the merger going on with AOL. Um, right. But uh, anyway, this did not keep Eric Bischoff from trying to build some new ideas sure and one of those ideas was to uh was to combine one of the most successful music acts of all time with (gasps) with wcw oh my goodness it it seemed like a perfect match on paper it makes sense harris i mean kiss was basically what started all the flash and flamboyance of live performances that that wrestling just kind of mastered later on I mean, they were first. They were doing it before anyone. Wrestling wasn't doing that in the 70s. Are you kidding me? They didn't even have entrances back then. Um, So, you know, it, it seems to make sense. So he made a deal with Gene Simmons to introduce a wrestler uh, based off of Gene's demon persona. And this was going to lead to a huge New Year's Eve pay-per-view slash concert at uh, the Arizona Cardinals Stadium in Phoenix, or in Tempe, wherever it is. And uh, it would be a co-branded, like, wrestling pay-per-view and KISS concert. Now, again, it seems kind of strange, but it also seems like it should work, in theory. I mean... Right, I mean, like, think about, like, the first WrestleMania was kind of this insane thing, but the idea to promote wrestling with all the flair and pageantry and bring in all these celebrities that worked and that like right. helped get a lot of eyes on the product. Like there is, it can be hard, but when you do it right, that synchronicity is really, really helpful to your brand. Like yeah. that's, 
you're right. And to be fair, a lot of stuff we've covered on this show didn't sound like a good idea on paper was just a very <laughs> bad idea. So like right. this is a good start. You're right. This is this is promising. Yeah. It's at least it's not revolting. Right. Right. <laughs> the second sure. you hear about it, you're like, okay, yeah, that's I don't know how popular Kiss was in 1999, but like it makes sense. They were popular and they do have their own known brand of theatricality that definitely could like mix really well with wrestling. Right. Well, Kiss has never not been popular because they have probably the biggest like hardcore fan base of any music act in history. Yeah, let me rephrase that. I don't know how cool Kiss was. Sure. Well, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That that that's that's fair. Um but but again, th- there's a big crossover with not just rock fans, but especially fans of Kiss and wrestling. Like it, mm-hmm. it it's a there's a big crossover with that. Um and you know, and they're both the types that are going to continue to support what they like through pretty much anything. Like wrestling fans, yeah. we all hate wrestling <laughs> and won't stop watching it. I mean, that's it's yep. just and and Kiss fans are the same way. It's the same type of thing, same type of fan. So again, it seems like it is a perfect fit, but you know, the makeup, the pyro, the, the blood, all that stuff, it just, it seems perfect. Um, it's interesting because according to Gene Simmons, he actually first approached Vince and the WWF about a partnership, uh, like in the late nineties, they met uh, right around the same time. So I guess in 99, but they met in, uh, Gene's hotel room. And Gene pitched an idea for Kiss Wrestlers. Now, this got even weirder. This is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. This was apparently, (laughs) according to Gene Simmons, this was an idea he pitched. And it was a whole stable of Kiss characters. Um, You'd have, you know, a character for each one. So you'd have a demon, a star child, a cat man, and a spaceman. And it would eventually lead to then four lady Kiss characters... So there would be four male and four female versions of, you know, all four of the the Kiss characters, Demon, Star Child, Spaceman, and Catman. And he eventually wanted them to meet up and have Kiss kids with, like, little kids in Kiss makeup now. Can't imagine why Vince turned that down. Apparently, Vince liked the idea. (laughs) Because of course he did. Wow. Again, this is all according to Gene Simmons, so it all can be taken with a grain of salt. Because um, he'll say anything. I was going to say, that could have just been Vince like blowing smoke. Just being and, like, oh hey, yeah, man, that sounds but awesome. If, <laughs> when I heard this, I 100% would believe that Vince would like that idea. Are you oh, kidding yeah, me? Have you seen absolutely. the ideas Vince has? 100% yep. this would be an idea he would like. Um, okay, so this is... This is getting even more promising, though, because we have what's a bad idea on paper that Eric Bischoff then says, well, hey, how about we do this thing that might be good instead? I'm impressed. Right. Right. So, of course, eventually Gene also spoke with WCW at the time and they got a better offer from WCW. So that's where they ended up. Mm -hmm. Um, So a deal was reached and the first step was introducing the the kiss demon. Now, the first choice to play this character was a power plant trainee named Dale Torberg because he looked <laughs> he looked the most like Gene Simmons. He's also a he also is a diehard Kiss fan. Um, so it seemed like a perfect fit. And I, I think even uh, even Gene Simmons agreed that after seeing him, that he was going to he would be the guy to, to portray the character. 
Mm-hmm. However, according to stories, uh, well, uh, I, I guess, okay. Um, however, at the last second, he was replaced by a WCW regular mid-carder named Brian Adams, who I'm pretty sure Brian Adams was part of Chronic, which was a fairly successful tag team in the late 90s in WCW. But uh, Adams replaced him because, um, and o- the only reason was because Adams was slightly bigger and Simmons, this is a story that I read. Apparently, Simmons had seen Kane wrestle and wanted someone that was that big to play his demon character. And so, and, and that's the thing. Torberg was huge, like 6'5 and like 260 pounds. But Brian mm-hmm. Adams was a little bit bigger and was over 300 pounds. So they went with right. him anyway. Like you tell a difference. That, that you, can't, well, you don't notice a difference once you get like over... Unless you're like way over 300 pounds, you don't really see right. much of a difference like in between 250 and 300. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that's a good decision, but I do feel like 6'5", 200 pounds is probably pretty average for WCW well, six, in 1999. He was, six, he, was, he, was, he was 260. Yeah, okay. I mean, so, yeah, he's a big boy, but I guess if you want, if you're going for Kane, yeah. if you want him to be a monster, which makes sense because he's sure, a sure. demon. But yeah, no, listen, I'm, I'm with you, but... I guess I can see the thinking because you want you don't want him to be just an average wrestler. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe using a recognizable mid Carter is not the best idea. Right. Everyone knew who he was. Um, <laughs> Great. That's what I was hoping. But anyway, we're not even quite to that yet. So we have our kiss demon. Now it's time to debut. Harris, if you had to think of a way to debut this character, what would be your first idea? okay i have several thoughts i'm sure. trying to like distinguish the silly ones from the serious ones because <laughs> okay. the silly one is you hatch him from an egg like the gobbledygooker that's kind of the best case scenario okay uh this is also stupid but if you just have i don't know how often you can have kiss playing but if they play some crazy rock song and like conjure him to life that's that's something. Or you just have him like debut out of the shadows in a cool spooky way and leave some element of mystery as to why he's there. That's yeah. the one I would use. Like Sting-esque, like he just shows up once and you're like, whoa, what's going on here? Who is this guy? And then just kind of lean into it later. Yeah. Explain something later. You know what I mean? That, that's sure. my answer is just keep it, keep it spooky and mysterious and don't give anybody any concrete answers for a while. Well, Harris, I don't know if you literally just thought of that or what, but both of your first two things you said are exactly what happened. <laughs> so I don't know if you already knew the story and that's why you said I knew, that. No, I knew this guy was a thing, but I didn't know how they debuted it. Literally, the two things you said that were the silly things first are exactly what happened. Both of them. So, I mean, you you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. That was uncanny, actually. <laughs> uh, so, August 23rd, 1999, episode of Nitro, hailing from the KISS mainstay of Las Vegas, Nevada. The final segment of the show is billed as a KISS concert and the debut of a new wrestler. <laughs> now, this is really annoying, but there are no references to this show on WWE Network. Like, they have this episode of Nitro, but the concert and any reference to it was cut out of the show uh, on the network, which is weird. And, I wonder if that's, like, annoying. a rights thing with Kiss. I can't I think guess, of what else like, that would be. All the other stuff with the demon is on the network, but yeah. that concert is not. Weird. Uh, 
So, anyway. Now, again, now on the same show, Sting wrestled Hulk Hogan for the WCW title in the final match of the show. But that's not the end of the show, because the concert is. So, to close out, here comes Kiss to perform God of Thunder. Uh, now, the crowd's pretty pumped for Kiss coming out, because Kiss coming out. And, uh, you know, and so as it starts, it, it's pretty clear. And, well, it's it's pretty clear they're playing to a track. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of obvious. But but it's still, it's Kiss, you know, and they have all the makeup on. And there's the pyro and stuff. And so it, it's fun, you know. It's, it's, it's still a show. And, uh, well, they're halfway through the song. When the uh, the stage with the drums like rises up into the air, and then from underneath the drum area, a giant pod is wheeled out and brought into the middle of the stage. It starts to rise like into an upright position, but before it, it kind of looks like a like a sarcophagus or something. And uh, and it starts to rise, like, straight up, like, vertical. Mm-hmm. But as it's doing that, someone started to open it early. <laughs> so you, like, see it start to open and then stop as it continues to, to finish. And then it comes to a stop and, uh, and then it, it, it opens up. And there's a kiss demon. And it's actually a pretty big pop from the crowd, which is kind of surprising. But there he is. Alfred actually looks pretty good. You know, it's a big spiky cape and the demon makeup and everything. And uh, explosions go off and the song comes to a big crashing end and uh, close the show. And the crowd's pumped like it is loud crowd uh, like cheers from the crowd as the song ends. And and then there's the kiss demon staying there and screaming to the heavens and um to be honest, it's not bad. Like the whole segment really, I mean, other than the weird spinal tap pod, it's, uh, (laughs) it's not terrible. Like it's, it's really not because it's kiss and it's a performance and and it works and the crowds into it. Um, like, you know, you get to see kiss and it's a new wrestler. So people don't really know what's going on. However, when the ratings came out, they told a vastly different story. Now, Nitro drew a really low, again, this is all for the time, mm-hmm. a really low 2.92 on the show, which, again, the, these shows were doing, like, 6.5s and stuff, like, a year and a half previous, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, of course, nowadays, you're like, wow, that's great, but not back then. Uh, and the final segment had an abysmal 2.25, which is one of the lowest ratings like, lowest rated segments ever. Now, apparently, this segment with the KISS concert costs, like, half a million dollars. And then it's the lowest segment, like, of all time. Amazing. Well, yeah, because, weirdly, once you show Sting and Hulk Hogan for the title, most people are going to be like, all right, cool, and change the channel. Right. You totally uh, got past my next my next point, because it turns out when you tell your wrestling crowd all the wrestling is over, they they change the channel. Yeah. Weird. Like this is well, why especially you do concerts because, in like, the middle of shows, not at the end right. of shows. Right. That's the thing. And like, OK, number one, I mean, like if the live crowd liked it, like, great, that's good. That clearly yeah. they're doing something right. You describing it to me, all I can think of is 
this makes no sense in kayfabe whatsoever <laughs> that any of this is happening. But again, just if it's right before the main event or at some random point in the show, like it's still weird that a wrestler just materialized out of a sarcophagus. But right. like, whatever, this is wrestling. Dumber things have happened. Dumber characters have debuted in yes. dumber ways. Like, yes. let's go with it. That's fine. The decision, like, to put it in the main event with no connection to wrestling whatsoever. Yeah. Like, there have been wrestling segments, re you know, like wrestling shows that were main evented by something that's not a wrestling match. But it's something like, hey, everyone, we're here in Atlanta and we're going to celebrate Ric Flair's birthday <laughs> right. in the main event. Because you know, hey, well, I didn't know. But, you know, something's going to happen, you know, and yeah. maybe Batista will come back and kill a man <laughs> like there's a wrestling reason to watch this wrestling thing that's happened. If they said, hey, we're going to close this episode of Monday Night Raw. I'm trying to think of an artist with Amigos concert. Yeah, like I'd probably stick around because I'd be like, this is weird. I want to see what happens. But a lot of people would leave and I wouldn't blame them because this has nothing to do with the world of wrestling at yeah. all. Yeah. You know, like that's just I, I, I don't know what the kayfabe explanation would be. But if you try to attach one, maybe that drop wouldn't have been so bad. The kayfabe explanation is there was a big deal inked with Kiss and they're going to put them in the main event. That That's right. The... I don't care. about that. <laughs> I would change the channel, too. Like when Kevin Owens meets Machine Gun Kelly and power bombs him off the stage, he's not doing it at 1059. Eastern, you know, he's doing it at like 930. Right. Uh, anyway, well, so... it's only it's only up from here, right? <laughs> yeah. No. Um. So with all this, the character is pretty much DOA. <laughs> the other thing was this was also a show where there was a major shift in the company backstage because Eric Bischoff was not doing well behind the scenes in WCW at this point. <laughs> He had booked that New Year's Eve pay-per-view slash Kiss concert at the same time that this debuted, and that idea did not go over well backstage. The talent and staff were not happy that now Bischoff just... added another pay-per-view that they now have to work on New Year's Eve on Y2K. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Which was the whole reason why he wanted to do that. So he was like, oh, well, that's a great idea. During all this stuff, and and anyway, um, I understand the thinking that that also right. that sounds better on paper than anything else in this episode. I, I so know far. it does. It really does. It makes sense, um, but it also makes sense why everyone else would not be be happy with it. Oh yeah, for sure. So is this this is before the half a million dollar debut and ratings flop of the Kiss Demon, right? No, this is the same. It's right around the same, the same time. time. Okay, yeah, it's okay. all at the same time. Um. So there was already all this tension boiling up, and uh, this show kind of caused it all to boil over because there was apparently a big talent walkout that was, like, staged on this exact same show. Um, like, Bischoff allegedly, like, blew up on certain talent during a meeting backstage, and, and eventually Raven quit, and uh, Conan, Rey Mysterio, and Kidman almost quit, but they eventually got them back. And so all this stuff is going on, and all this eventually led to Eric Bischoff being sent home in September. So, like, uh, within a couple weeks, he's gone. <laughs> he's out as WCW president. 
I'm laughing because I'm just imagining we're not even to the worst of this yet, but I'm just imagining that guy at the power plant who was almost this kiss team and looking right. around and being like, hmm, might have dodged a bullet on that one. The guy who wanted me to do this. Interesting you mentioned that, Harris, because the Brian Adams kiss demon would make only one more appearance, and that was on the next week. Yeah, the character just <laughs> debuted. <laughs> And makes one more appearance. The following Nitro, Mike Enos and Evan Courageous are wrestling, and Vampiro and the Insane Clown Posse come out and interfere, helping uh, Evan Courageous win. God of Thunder starts playing over the speakers, and the Kiss Demon appears on the stage, emerging from the pod. And then this is the promo. Verbatim. This is what he says. He yells to Vampiro and he says, Hey, Vampiro, not here, not now, not this time. (laughs) He then raises his arms and yells as Pyro explodes. And that's the segment. What (laughs) was that? That's incredible because like, what is the most over thing a wrestler can say? Like the dumbest cheap pop you can ever get. It's when you say, hey, you and me, right here, right now, right. let's do it. Like, yes. And he just does the opposite, like, right. no. Like, you immediately so, like, kill so, any any heat you might have, you just kill by saying, not now. Like, what? Like, so, not right here, not right now, so you didn't have to say anything. No! You could have just not come out, basically. No. yes. <laughs> it's completely pointless. That's honestly, that might be one of my favorite bad wrestling promos of all time because it's just so much nothing. nothing. Like he didn't have anywhere to go. He didn't have anything to say. He just showed up and was like, nope. And then left. (laughs) Yes, pretty much. Uh, Uh, Makes no sense. Um, It's so stupid. But uh, anyway, it, it, it truly did nothing because this was the end for the kiss demon. What? At least for now. Uh, Okay. Because with Bischoff gone and the pay-per-view, which was then scrapped, (laughs) the character just stopped. No, no explanation, no anything. Brian Adams hated doing the character. He never wanted to be a part of it. He he didn't even know anything about Kiss. And actually, this is, this is an interesting story. So again, like I said, the original pick was uh, this Dale Torborg was the original pick. And he was going to be it up until, like, the week before. And then they're like, oh, yeah, no, actually, you're not going to do this. It's going to be Brian Adams. And so he was actually helping Brian Adams with this character, like, teaching him the the demon mannerisms and stuff like that backstage. Because <laughs> Brian Adams just knew nothing about it. So, anyway, the character is dead. Well... Well, for about six months. Oh, man. Skip all the way ahead to January wow. 26th of 2000. On Thunder, the Kiss Demon would return. However, Yay. he is now not played by Brian Adams, but by Dale Torborg, who was okay. the original choice. So uh, Harris is like, oh, I dodged a bullet there. Nope. Here no. it is. Well. Well, uh, I'm sure if they brought this character back, they must have had something really good and interesting planned. 
funny you mention that, Harris, because he's wrestling Terry Funk in his first match um, and immediately gets beat. <laughs> wow. With, That's... like, a, an embarrassing... You know, oh, I don't remember the name of the move, but you know that move when, like, they they get him in, like, kind of a pinning thing, but they just, like, roll with him? Like, around in a circle? I don't remember what it's called. Totally blanked on the name of it, but... I don't know what you're talking about. You um, have to... Yeah, I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to explain it, but it it's basically it's like an embarrassing move where he's like rolling <laughs> around with him and then just pins him. Um So, so like okay, he doesn't even I just, just wanna... he doesn't even just get beat. He doesn't even right. just get beat clean. He gets beat like in an embarrassing way. And like okay, here's the thing. I, I was thinking well if you're if you have something like this, if you have this big idea, this high concept character it flops. The person responsible for it is gone. If I'm booking the show, I think, okay, well, at least I need to capitalize on all of the investment we made in this character or point out that I'm aware that the last segment didn't go too well. Like if you're done with the kiss demon after Bischoff gets sent home, you kill him like you, you know, you do something crazy in storyline to get him off TV. Like we talked about Muhammad Hassan a few weeks ago when they were done with Muhammad Hassan, which like they didn't handle him well and he deserved better. But they had the undertaker give him a last ride through the ramp onto what was like presumably a concrete floor. And then he was just dead and he was never seen again. Like they shouldn't have done that. But if you say, okay, we're done with this character, he has to be off television, then go for it. Like, do something. Build it up to something. And then to bring him back six months later when everyone forgot with no build or fanfare and then just kill him again, again with no story, why Why even bring him back? I'm glad point? you asked that, Harris. Okay. All right. Because it, it, this whole thing, as you've been saying, might seem a little strange until you hear what Torborg was told – when he was given the character. Now this is this is a quote from from Torborg. Right from the get-go, they tell me you're doing us a favor. We're going to bury this character to make Eric Bischoff look bad. That's exactly what I was told. You're doing us See, a favor. We're going to put you under this face paint and when this contract is done, for doing this for us, we're going to reward you by pushing you in another character. That was from an episode of Podcast Rock City that Dale Torborg was on back in 2013. See, now that makes sense, and that's not great, you know, and I don't know how that's going to go for him. But, like, I, I get that. And wrestling can be a dumb, petty place. But, like, true. just even if you're going to do that, like give him a manager who's like Bischoff and have him push him and talk about how cool kiss is and how much all the kids love kiss. Like just put a little bit of effort into making this guy look lame, but they're not even going to do that. Uh, you know what I mean? Nope. Um, so <sighs> this contract that he is speaking of is the whole reason this is even uh, why the character's even around. Now because, that does make sense because if you signed, if you pinned a deal with Kiss and Gene right. Simmons for all this money, I, I assume it's like a Brock Lesnar thing where he has to be on television like X amount of times. Not exactly that, but what it was is part of the contract was he had to be 
in a main event match as the demon character. But until then, they continue to do just ridiculous things with the character. Even, and, dude, if the character's entire gimmick was coming out and saying, not here, not now, <laughs> not like this for like weeks at a time and it just became a running bit, oh, that'd be great. That, that would be pretty funny. But again, even that would be better. But these are not people sm- <sighs> this, this smart um, at all. So. Okay, so now we skip ahead to the next Nitro, January 31st. Um, Harris, are you familiar with Norman Smiley? I know the name, but nothing else. Okay, well, he's more famous now as being one of the main trainers in uh, the Performance Center. He's been one of the mm-hmm. main WWE like trainers for like 20 years um, or something like that. Well, at one point, he was a lower mid-card wrestler in WCW, and he had several different gimmicks i guess you could say um but one of his gimmicks was he was known as screaming norman smiley where he would wrestle and just be screaming the whole time during matches just like (laughs) love it but anyway so he is running away from three count backstage which if you're familiar with three count that was shane helms and shannon moore and evan courageous who were a boy band um, which is an actually they were heels and it's an awesome gimmick. It's really funny because they would just do these Backstreet Boys concerts in the middle of the ring with just people just booing the crap out of them. It it it, it actually works. Um, anyway, but they're they're chasing Norman Smiley around backstage, so he's running away, and all of a sudden he runs in. He just runs and bumps into the Kiss Pod slash casket, whatever whatever it is. So they just wheel him around backstage like he's the. Ark of the Covenant no, at the end of Indiana worse. Jones. Even worse. It's like just open and no one's in it. So, well, presumably he got out of it when he got there. That makes right. sense to me. And so Norman Smiley kind of looks around and then goes inside it and finds some gear in there. And then as he's in there, it closes on him. And he's like, oh, no. Ah! And it just closes <laughs> on him. So now a few segments go by. And later on in the show, we cut back to it. It opens up and out emerges Norman Smiley in full kiss demon, uh, kiss demon gear and makeup with lights and smoke and everything. Commercial break. When it comes back, we have the actual kiss demon, Dale Torborg, talking to cops backstage saying his gear has been stolen. He's in makeup and everything. And he's like... <laughs> No, my gear is stolen. They're like, well, what does it look like? He's like, it looks like kiss gear. Um, and he's like, you know, they need to go find it. Well, then we hear music hit and Norman Smiley comes out to the ring in the demon gear with a full entrance with pyro and smoke and everything to wrestle Shane Helms of three count. Smiley wins the match. And uh, then the Kiss Demon comes out afterwards with all the cops to get his gear back. (laughs) And uh, Norman Smiley runs away through the crowd as the demon chases him. And that's the end of the segment if we never cut back to it again in the show. Um, Presumably he gets away because on the next episode of Thunder, Norman Smiley is still in the Kiss gear. And now he has a match against the demon. So, of course, Demon is not happy about this. He comes out and just starts stripping Smiley 
of his kiss gear, just ripping his all his clothes off and like wiping his face paint off and just beating him down. But then out of nowhere, Smiley locks in the cross-faced chicken wing and the demon taps out and loses again. However, Smiley then pops up and runs away and the demon immediately gets up and chases him again. So I'm not really sure why he tapped out if he was fine. None of this makes any sense. Whatsoever. Not one part. It doesn't, but at least this is like... They put a little bit more effort into that one. It's not like he just lost his squash of. match real quick. You know what I mean? I, the, the idea I of guess. the kiss demon, which is presumably some sort of like, I don't know. The best case scenario is that he's like Sting-esque, right? Like it, it's baffling that they never yeah. put the two of them together. But like yeah. he's this supernatural, you know, force of rock and roll or whatever. I don't know. That at least makes sense. The idea of the kiss demon running to the ring with police, like, get him, officer. That's incredible. <laughs> that's that's very funny. It's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Um, so on the next Nitro, the demon wrestles Kidman. And again, he comes out with a huge entrance, the pod, the pyro, the blood. And Kidman wins the match in a few minutes. And uh, Crowbar then comes out. And he attacks Kidman, and he wants to join the demon. Like, he's bowing down to him and wanting to join, because apparently he's a big Kiss fan. And the demon just ignores him, just having none of it. You'd think that would lead to something. It doesn't. Um, the next Nitro, the demon loses again. He loses to Booker. Not Booker T., because apparently there was an angle where he was stripped of his identity... So he's just known as Booker, and he comes out to I I I'm I can't make this up, to knock off Leave It to Beaver music. Why? Because it's embarrassing. Is it like a Leave It to Booker? I don't know. It's wow. just Leave It to Beaver knockoff music. You made me think of Beaver cleavage. I, that's all I could I think that, of. But... That's all I could think of. But all I know is I put that on the list. So I was like, that sounds interesting. So we might come back to that at a later date. Um, anyway. So it's now- not like Booker T is even different than Booker. It's, <laughs> ah, sorry. Yeah, it was a big thing with Harlem Heat. There was a fallout and there's legal battle. It, it's great. Yeah. It's a weird storyline. Um, Again, I'm going to have to revisit that. Uh, so anyway, we come now to Super Brawl 2000, the next pay-per-view. And uh, remember earlier when I said there was a contract um, with Kiss to use the Demon character as a main event, like in a main event match? Mm-hmm. Well, this is it. Although it's the fourth match of the show. It's billed as a special main event. Wait, you're allowed to? <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Of all the legal shenanigans we've ever talked about in wrestling, I think that might be the dumbest one. <laughs> no, no, no. Remember, WWE says that all the time. No, there's multiple main events, and you wrestle right, the Undertaker, but, that's a main event. It's like, right, but that's obviously blowing smoke. Like, that can't... <laughs> you tell that to a wrestler so they quit complaining about their pay. You don't tell that to an attorney. That's incredible that they got away with that. Yeah, I don't know how, but... but... But I guess did. kissed it and wow, that's incredible. 
Because uh, I was thinking at some point, oh, they'll just squash him in like what's technically the last match at some point. The fact that they're just like, oh man, that just I don't. Gene Simmons must not have cared by that point because I feel like any lawyer worth his salt at all can say this obviously means the main event of the show. Like not a oh, that's incredible. Yeah, I have, Sorry, I have no idea. I have no idea how this happened or what the Ooh. what the uh, contract looked like or anything like that. I have no idea. But this is what they did. Um, also, for some reason, the demon who has been coming to the ring to God of Thunder, which I'm shocked is still on the WWE Network, like he comes out yeah. to God of, God of Thunder by Kiss and they don't have any real songs in WCW stuff. They've like masked over all of them, even ones that weren't even real, like their knockoff versions of all their real songs. They masked over all those. If you yeah. go back and watch networks, so I was shocked that, that these songs are up there. But for some reason, for this pay-per-view, it's not the God of Thunder. It's a different song, and I don't think it's a Kiss song. I could be wrong, because I don't know every Kiss song. But it doesn't sound like one. I'm not sure why, but it's not the same song. Um, And the demon is wrestling the wall. Uh, There's no reason for it. They've not interacted at all. There's been no build-up to this whatsoever. We've covered everything the demon has done since he's returned. (laughs) But for absolutely no reason, they're fighting in a quote-unquote special main event match at uh, at Super Brawl. Um, Harris, the crowd is dead. No. Now For the main event? (laughs) A special main event. Um, Now, we've talked about this before. Even though WCW is dying... At this point, and we've mentioned on many episodes, we've covered almost everything that's happened in this year. They usually still like the crowds are usually still good, even if there's not as many people there. They're usually still pretty loud, like they're usually still pretty good crowds, even for a lot of the dumb stuff. Mm -hmm. That is not the case for this match. Like you can hear every move. You can hear every sound of a spring in the like it's just empty, empty arena. And um, the wall wins, surprise, with the big choke slam. I don't know, five minutes into the match. And uh, that's it. So the demon would continue to flounder around for a few months. Um, he eventually was paired with Vampiro and the insane clown posse in a stable okay. called the Dark Carnival. Okay, see, that actually sounds like a good use of the character and like a storyline that brings up the fact that, hey, you're pretty weird. Yeah. Like that's – I don't – it sounds like it didn't go anywhere. I've never heard of them yeah, before, but yeah, they didn't. why would you not do that from the from the start? <sighs> I don't know, but that didn't really do much. Um, and then he feuded with Vampiro after the team broke up. Uh-huh. Um, and then WCW folded in 2001, and Torberg decided oh, to leave the wrestling business. And go back yeah. to baseball because he was a minor league baseball player before his career was ended due to several injuries. And so he went back and he joined the Montreal Expos as a strength and conditioning coach because his father, Jeff Torborg, was the manager at the time of mm-hmm. the Montreal Expos. And he would then coach with the with the um, Florida Marlins and the Chicago White Sox. And he actually got to be a part of two different World Series wins. In 2003 with the Marlins, and then 2005 with the White Sox. Yeah. And uh, to this day, he's still a diehard Kiss fan. And he will still 
he still has portrayed the character from time to time at different conventions and meet and greets oh, and stuff like that. So, uh, well, so yeah, I mean, it ended fine, I guess, for him in the long run. But that's uh, true because when you told me, you know, the deal they made was, oh yeah, we'll we'll push you later as someone else. I thought they were just going to screw him, like they were going to fire him after he finished. Yeah. So at least they went out of business, so he didn't get screwed that way. <laughs> well, he probably still really would have, but no. I didn't know what the timeline was like, but I was really hoping where you were going with that was to say, yeah, so then WCW folded. So he he went back to baseball and fulfilled his dream and was a coach for the Montreal Expos, and then they left. (laughs) (laughs) They shut down, moved to Washington. He lost his job again. I was really hoping that's – That's all right. Well, no, good for him. I mean he sounds like he was a good sport. He got to do what he loved and – I don't know. I mean, look, if you're going to be a wrestler, at least he got to wrestle in a main event, right? I, yeah. Oh, sure. man. It, That's sure. He didn't even get to be with Kiss. <laughs> right. That was the other one, the one who didn't care. Right. Oh, man. Like what he a, couldn't even what get a that. waste. Poor That's guy, the thing, man. man. Like, when you st- like, you start off, and you're right. This is a good idea on paper. And even if you decide not to go through with it all the way, like, do something with it. To come up with a character this outlandish and then just sit on your hands for a year is – just go for it. Try something. You know? That's yeah. that's the biggest waste. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's the story of the Kiss Demon in WCW and the crossover that maybe didn't pan out the way everyone – or at least some people were hoping. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't bring him back for the invasion angle. That's That's a shocker right there. <laughs> Probably would have been better. Just call like pretend he's Sting, call him Stung, and be like, "It's it's oh look who he is, he's here." <laughs> oh man, yeah. So that was fun. Well, well my that was been. an interesting story. That was an interesting if, thing to look up. If you had to pick a musical act to get their own wrestler today, who would you pick? Dude, I don't know. I don't follow any current music stuff. Yeah, it's true. Like nothing fits with wrestling. Like everything's all pop and rap now. I was gonna say I said Migos. I kind of would like to see that. I, the the problem with the Migos is they already don't take anything seriously. Right. Well, That'd that's be a what tough I'm, yeah. fit for wrestling because wrestling already like you need someone. You need people to at least somewhat take wrestling seriously, or it really becomes a joke. Yeah, I mean, I think I say that, but I'm just imagining. Like, I think what I want to see is just Amigos hanging out with New Day. That's what I really want to see. Well, that would be fun. But that's why, again, as we talk about certain stuff, and we constantly bring it up, but we haven't actually done a whole episode on the episode, but, like, the Muppets in Raw. That's why it worked. Because the Muppets are already kind of goofy, and so they can kind of fit with wrestling better than if you just put, like, a serious act in there. I don't, I don't know, man. I think it would be pretty wild if you had like the cast of The Wire on Monday Night Raw just selling it all like pure death, like really serious. The That'd problem be good is too. no one has the ability to sell for wrestling. No one if coming not from the outside yeah, is right. able to do it because right. they can't get over the fact that it's silly. Right. The only person who I would argue was able to do it is Hugh Jackman. And he's not got, even like, really training. like he still had some moments when he would just kind of yeah. started laughing of like, this is ridiculous. Right. But he was better than most for sure. Right. Like without question. But it's uh, 
it's a tough thing. Again, we t- we talk about that almost every episode. How diff like how different wrestling is compared to any other type of at least acting. Mm-hmm. Um, with all just everything that goes into it. But anyway, that's a story of Kiss and their foray into the wrestling business and the shenanigans that therein ensued. My favorite part is the fact that you totally nailed the debut. <laughs> Like, exactly. You're like, well, the goofy reason would be if he just hatches from some egg and then uh, just shows up in a Kiss concert that he's brought. So I was like, he must have known this before. Like, he, that, he nailed it. Exactly like I, Again, I knew it was a thing. I knew about the Kiss demon, but I was literally thinking, like, what's the dumbest? Like, they would never actually do this. And they did. And it's they great. did. Anyway... Uh, that does it for this episode of, um, Behind the Gorilla. We are back after the week off and, uh, feel like it was worth the wait. Cause that was fun. I enjoyed looking up that. I did. That was, that was, that was a fun one. Um, all right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, make sure and follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla and on Instagram at behind underscore gorilla. We follow back wrestling fans. You can follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So do that as well. Um, go check out uh, my latest CM Punk tweet that for some reason blew up because blew it, he, up. Just, he just happened. Awesome. He just happened. I tweeted that at noon and then it went viral at like 11 PM because CM Punk started trending randomly because Mickey Gall got squashed. And Boy, did uh, yeah, that's really funny. I watched that fight. Yeah, and so all of a sudden this tweet was going, I was like, someone big must have retweeted it because this never happens. And nope, it was just because he started trending randomly and then it started popping up on people's Twitter. Uh, That's so funny. Which was interesting. But anyway, because it was the um, anniversary of the pipe bomb a few days ago. So, which was an awesome moment in wrestling history. Still remember watching that. Um, Anyway, any final thoughts, Harris, before we say goodbye? Yeah, just go watch the pipe bomb again. It's one of the best things that's ever happened in wrestling. It'll wash the taste out of your mouth if you're tired of bad wrestling or COVID wrestling. Sure, sure. It's a good idea. Very good idea. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Gorilla, and we will talk to you next week. Next week.